the Power Chair Podcast. Welcome to Set Ball, the Power Chair Podcast, the one and only podcast that talks about all things Power Chair football. My name's Siobhan Stevenson, and I'm here with my mate Dave Lewis, who is the chair of the Wheelchair Football Association. Dave? Morning, how are you doing? I'm all right, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Busy week again in Gotham City, but oh. uh, you know it's far better to be busy than that. It is, it is. Um, do you want to introduce our guests I today? Do. I do indeed. Um, today's podcast and these guests are from Teesside PFC, one of our newest power football clubs in England. Uh, we're joined today by Owen Swift, very experienced player and also coach, I believe. Um, hello, Owen, how are you doing? Good to see you. And yourself, mate, and yourself. And our, and our second guest today is our newly crowned Championship Young Player of the Year, also played for Teesside, Tyler Reeve. How are you doing, Tyler? How are you? How are you, Dave? I'm oh, very good, thank you, mate. Lovely Hello, to see boys. you. Hiya. Oh. Nice to meet you. We're really excited to get you on. Thank you for being our final guests of the series. We'll just explain the reason why it's the last one is because this is the 10th one and we feel like we need to come up with a bit of a different format just to keep it original, just to keep it vibrant, dynamic. So that's what we're going to go away over the next few weeks and sort out. And we'll be back, hopefully. Okay, let's crack on with today's guest then. Because um, they've got lots to say. I know them very well. Know, I've known them in many years. Um, so, lads, tell us about yourselves and your role within your club and the wider sport, if you have one. And I'm going to come to Owen first. So, Owen, shoot. Um, yeah, so I'm Owen Swift, 21-year-old, um, coach of Teesside Power Chair Football Club and player. But I also believe that I'm the youngest coach at the National League, which, um, you know, is quite difficult. I think your co-partner, Brad, is pushing me a little bit, but he's slightly older and been born in August. And now I'm a November baby, so I'm slightly uh, younger than him. But, but yeah, I've been playing for too many years, um, since about 2010. and I've had more clubs than than anyone. I, I think naming the clubs at the end should be uh, should be really easy because <laughs> I've been to most of them. <laughs> okay, that's great. And if I can just come to Tyler as well, mate. My name's Tyler Reeve. I've been playing around four years, and I'm currently the captain of Teesside. Excellent. And I'll congratulate you again on your award two weeks ago now. I think it was. Time's flying by. You, you were named Young Player of the Year for the Championship Division. I know it was cut short. I know, you know, you know, it's not what we wanted. But, you know, in the games you did play, you were outstanding. So, massive well done on that achievement, you know. And, and that is voted for by the fellow players as well. So, you know, that's a massive accolade. Well done, mate. Okay, then. Um, next question, moving swiftly on. Um, how did you both get involved in the sport? And I'll come to Tyler first. What was your first experience with parachair football? Well, it, it came around quite weird because my mum went, she went shopping in, in the local Tesco's and she saw um, Rob Thompson, who eventually, well, she got talking to him and then she ended up getting the phone number to ring Calf McNichol. From Borough, and then I I just went just to 
just to please my mum. And then when, when I went, I ended up really enjoying it. And then it just, just went from there. We've had Kath on the show. So, yeah, we know, we know about Middlesbrough. But it's, it's funny to think of your mum accosting Rob Thompson in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the, the, just jumping in there, it's interesting how many players we've spoken to over the series who it is through a chance conversation with someone or um, a relative or a friend of theirs has seen something in the paper or spoken to somebody who happens to be out having a pizza or, you know, in the supermarket or something like that. There's a lot of players that have got involved in that way. It's quite surprising, isn't it? I think it's all linked as well. Everybody's linked, like, you know, uh, these boys have mentioned Rob. You know, they've had other people on who have mentioned Rob, in fact. Everyone's linked in some way, but I think previously it's been more by chance if you've got involved in the sport. Where now I think you know we can target people better with the target communities, you know. But I think I think in the past it's been by luck whether you've got involved in the sport, you know, and that's sort of the stories we're hearing. But now, hopefully, moving forward, it's obviously you know it's obviously more popular, there's a lot more awareness and understanding about it. So hopefully, it'll be you know um, less by luck, but more you know because it's become so big that, you know, you can't ignore it. Um, okay, then, Owen, I believe, how did you get involved in the sport? If you can remember that, it was so many yeah. years ago. Uh, it's, 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 my brain's struggling with remembering it's that long ago, but Tyler mentioned that his was weird. It won't be as weird as mine. Um, I went to a WizKids uh, wheelchair skills training, and it was Kath that was the, uh, the host of that. And um, like we were on about power chair football because she played a, a team in Newcastle, which is like an hour away, 45 minutes <clears throat> from me. And then uh, a couple of nights later, I was sat on the toilet and I remember it well. <laughs> and, uh, and the phone rang and it was about it was about 10 o'clock at night. And uh, it was Carolyn on the phone to uh, say it must have been the Sunday night. And on Monday, they trained. So the, um, she said, oh, uh, do, do you want to come up tomorrow night to Percy Edley to uh, try it out, see what you think? And um, I know that someone had said before, was it Sam, about the Xterra chairs um, that were a bit like a shopping trolley. Um, and they, like, they weren't the safest things, but they went a lot faster than what I was used to and ended up absolutely loving it and going up there for a couple of seasons every week, which was like straight after school, uh, taking a taking the Dairy Lee Lunchables with me on <laughs> for on the way and uh, eating that whilst on my way up there um, and then travelling back late at night. But we soon like it was, it was more the travelling that was a bit, Difficult, obviously, with it being an hour away. Yeah. Go on, Siobhan first, and I've got a question to come back in. This right. is a random question, and it's nothing to do with how you got involved with power chair football. But I want you to be completely honest now, Owen, because this is going to be the question on everybody's lips. Did Carolyn know when she rang that you were on the toilet? Uh, well, she will now, won't she? If she's listening <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Um, it was that long ago, but I, I can actually see, like, the, I can see the the phone ringing, and it was a bit of an awkward situation. Do I 
domestic or domestic. That's always the one, isn't it? When you're just about, when you're just about to go to the loo and somebody rings you, it's always that. Do I stick or do I twist? What do I do? Uh, yes, yeah, so we all know that the phone rings when you're on the toilet. It's just one of them things. <laughs> These secrets, I tell you what, people try and hide them away, but we're the podcast that likes to bring them out. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> no, sorry. That's fine. I've lost my child, I thought now. Um, what I was going to say, I mean, um, and we will come back to Tyler in a second, you know, we've done, you know, you've mentioned a lot about travelling to training and to games. You know, we have more and more people now at clubs obviously not now at the current time because we're all in lockdown still and we're not training but in mm. normal times you have more people traveling to games and to training you know so um so I just wanted to ask you do you believe that if you want to play bad enough and you want to achieve you will be prepared to do that extra bit of traveling because there are a lot of people traveling like look at West Brom they have players traveling you know from Manchester up north and far down south um, you know, there's, there's there's lots of other clubs as well. Yeah, I think, well, like like um, it depends on the carers as well, the care situation. Because obviously, like I don't want to be dragging my mum halfway across the country just for two hours training. You know what I mean? So it a lot of it does depend on that and how independent you are. Um, I'm learning to drive soon, so that'll be a lot better for me if. If I did want to up sticks and go to go to West Brom, only joke in Teesside. Yeah, like I think the like technology is improving as well, so it's allowing people to do their own thing now um, and become more independent and travel to like further places on their own and have that support when they get there. Because like um, powerchair football is beautiful because people help each other out. So even if we're arch enemies on the pitch, you know, if there is a problem with with a tyre or whatever, then mm. people will help you out. So, um, But I think more people are travelling um, to different clubs because um, like they've, like some clubs have got that pull factor. Like West Brom have won the league the last... 20,000 years as, <laughs> as yeah. <far> as, <laughs> but yeah like they've they've got that pull factor they're right in the middle of the country so everything's like a maximum of three hours away um but I think in the northeast we struggle with that because everything is ridiculously far and not only does it reflect that in power chair football but in normal football, we've got yeah. like the northeast is seen as a very deprived place because there's no real links or like airport links or anywhere to go. Once you're in, once you're in Middlesbrough, you're in Middlesbrough. You're not getting out. There's so. no getting out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Shining. Um. Okay. Next question. Then we'll come back to Tyler now. So Tyler. Um. Question number three. Tell us about your season. I know it was cut short. I know it's not what we wanted. Right? But tell us about it and how you think it went. And, of course, please talk about your personal award that you received a couple of weeks back. Well, I think the season went quite well until until it was eventually shut down. We were just like a brand-new team just starting to gel. And I think we did really well just to to get like where, where we ended up. And with the award that I won, 
I wasn't expecting to get it, but I, I put the effort in and I ended up getting it. And also, one of our teammates, Tom met for the goal of the season, he did really well to like also join in with the team. And we ended up scoring some great goals. Excellent. I, th- I think, you know, in the games I watched you, Tyler, you was outstanding. You know, and I'll put it out there, you got more vote young player of the season I've watched you a few times you got my vote I think you had an ex- excellent season um, Tom Matt as well I'm going to give a shout out to Tom Matt because he does message me a lot for predictions on Facebook Messenger so Tom if you're listening massive hello to you I respect you quite a bit in lockdown you're, you're a good lad you're a good lad keep working hard man um, okay and Tom you scored 14 goals I think you were T-Sauce top scorer last season so, so keep up the good work, mate. Keep up the good work. Owen, tell us about the season as coaching. Uh, obviously, tell us what happened. Tell us you got promoted. You went, you you finished third in the league. On, I know it's not what you wanted on the points of the game basis, but you were third at the time, so it finished that way. Tell us how the squad celebrated, how you felt, and what it meant to the club. Night out down the town. No, um, <laughs> it was it was it was a good season. Night, um, I, I enjoyed it. It was my first. Well, apart from me short stint at Bolton, um, where like I was sort of a player manager there, um, but it was my first real like go at it. So um, we had a new squad. It was always going to be difficult. We hadn't had chance to play regionally um, as a team before. We sort of got thrown in at the deep end, where I know teams like Newcastle had been playing a lot of years together um, at previous clubs and um, in the regionals. So uh, they sort of weren't thrown in it as much in the deep end. I, like, I totally respect what Newcastle did. You know, they dominated the league. There was only ever going to be one winner as far as I could see. Um, and Newcastle thoroughly deserved it because they were a dominant team. But, you know, we put up a fight um, and we were pleased to get promoted. Uh, but it was shame that it was not done properly because it didn't feel like you got promoted sort of thing. It just felt like you still look at when the WFA released things on Facebook about championship and premiership, you're like looking for your name in the championship and you're like, where where are we? They forgot about us. Oh, yeah, we're in the, we're in the premiership now. Keep forgetting about that. But, yeah, so um, but I, I really enjoyed last season. It was... Good experience, but when we've been so young, I think we could have done a little bit better. But yeah, I think um, hopefully next season, if we get some training in, like obviously when we're allowed and get ready for the season starting, whenever that'll be, then hopefully we'll gel together more, play a few friendlies uh, when we're allowed, and then hopefully get it right next season and still. Right, it's nearly time for two v one. Just going to come back. Just going to mention the strong cohort of clubs we've got in the North East. As I mean, touched on, very strong. So that will be interesting when we all back back to playing on the pitch. I know he actually played for Bolton Bullets for one year to help them out because they were short on players. So massive respect for that, and you also helped them do a little bit of coaching because circumstances allowed. So mm-hmm. massive respect for that, well done, mate, as well. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's time for two v one. Two v one. So we've got a few questions for you if you've been listening to the podcast. Um, it's the first two, three questions, the best of five. Let's bring it on. If you get it right, you get the point. If you get it wrong, I get the point. Okay? There are going to be some T-side-based questions in the end. Okay? Oh, 
but also some generic ones. Okay, so shall we shoot, Siobhan? Can you grab 30 seconds on the clock for me, if that's okay? First question, we've all heard it before, but it's one of my favourites. Name 10 players to score 100 or more National League goals. You've got 30 seconds. Go. Um, Harry Body, Sam Smith, Ed Common, Johnny Baldin, oh. Brad Bitt. Mark this Brad isn't one. Brad isn't one. Mark oh, isn't he? Is. No way. No. Um, Matt Fancy. <laughs> Lewis Hines. Seven. Um, Great, no. Greg Baxter. No, no. Uh, oh, it was Old Tyler. Tough. Right, Tough, yeah. Yeah, eight. Um, Charlie Kitcher. No, I'm not. Charlie Kitcher. That's nine. Um... Uh, I have uh, really uh, isn't one. Danke, danke. Danke. Four, well done. You got three, all that ten. Just two, in time. One. Just, just in time. Yeah, I'm not on the list. I'm just below. I'm, I've got 90 odd. Uh, Brad's quite a right below. He's only got about 50, 60. What's he doing? <laughs> 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 time, he used man. to play in golf for fossils <laughs> and not come off the line. So he'll admit that himself. <laughs> 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 He's only spent a few years hanging him. Yeah, um, so I'm like 97, and there's a few of us, as you said, that aren't on any Steve. Right on, boys. Right, Teesside-based question. So 1-0 to you guys. Who scored for Teesside when you beat Cheltenham 3-0? Is that 30 seconds, Dave? Um, yeah, the money limited, it doesn't matter. Really. I don't think that'll be too long answering. Uh, Tyler's got... So, Tyler uh, got one, I believe. Um, I, I, I remember... Well, uh, Dylan's hand came off for one of them. Um, which we Tyler, felt off. Tyler got one. Who got the other two? Tom and me. I think it was... I need a find an answer, so... I'll say Tyler, Tom and me. Tom got oh, two. Yeah. Oh. Go on, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Go on, no, I'll let you have it. 2-0 to you. Tyler and Tom got two. On this occasion, you didn't score, but you have said the right score, so... Okay, 2-0 to yourself. Excellent. Um, third question is also about Teesside. Who scored for Teesside when you drew with Leeds 1-1? And that was September last year, so a year ago now. Oh, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell it you. Uh, what, you, Jason? Well, mm. Not sure. I, I think. I'll go with you then. Yeah, go with that. Go with me. I've got Tyler Reeve, lock it in. That's wrong, mate. It was Thomas Met. Oh. <laughs> oh. Goal machine himself. It's a goal machine. Boom. Okay, no, so that's 2-1. So I've got a point there for that. Okay, fourth question. We need, um, just Michael a time as well. Nice and easy. I think you'll get this. Who Name the two players to get the most yellow cards in the National League ever. <sighs> Rob Thompson. And you, I'd say. Who's <laughs> you? Who's you? You're talking to Dave. You, Dave. Dave <laughs> <laughs> There's only You're one. Correct, Dave. boy. There's only one, Dave Lewis. Isn't there? Right. Oh, thank you very much. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You are correct, boys. You are correct. Well done. 3-1, You've beaten me 3-1. Congratulations Yay. to T-Side. Boys, that's the end of the first half. I love Powerchair Football because of all the friends I've made and how much fun I have going to training. I love Powerchair Football because I've always been a football fan and enjoy co- competing in the sport I love. I love Powerchair Football because you're able to make new friends. 
and become part of the community. I love powerchair football because it makes me feel free and I love working as part of the team and scoring goals. I love powerchair football because of all the people and the positive attitude. Welcome to the second half. Fantastic victory for the boys in 2v1. Well done to TSOF PFC. They beat me again. I would love to know my win-loss record, but I can't remember. I think it's maybe 4-6. Oh, well, never mind. I'm with the questions then. Going to come to Tyler first. So, Tyler, in your opinion, and in the four years you've been playing, what does it take to make a winning power chair football team? Well, at first, it means people that all get on as a team. Because if, if people don't get on, they don't, they don't play very well. And it takes a lot of teamwork and having trust in those teammates to do what, what you expect them to do. And Owen, what do you think as a coach? You know, you've been playing many years now. You've been in winning teams. You've been in losing teams. You've played with many players. I think communication is key at the end of the day. You have to be able to enjoy it as well. So like, as long as your team are talking to each other and like you're clear with each other, then I think it's like that's key, communication. Obviously, like having the best players helps. Like, if you had a team like... With Johnny Baldin, more and more, um, a mixture of the French and the English national teams, and you know you're gonna go far. But um, yeah, like individual qualities, I think communication is probably up there with the with the most uh, important. Do you think it has an impact? Because we're seeing more and more coaching now, like you know, who are former players or current players. In the case of myself, you. Bad bias, Johnny Board and Chris Gordon. Do you think those type of coaches have got a bit of an advantage because they can actually use the chairs as opposed to somebody who's maybe able-bodied? Yeah, I think um, I think it's massively important. We've had sessions, like no disrespect to Paul's sessions, but he wants us to do, and he'll, he'll admit it himself, I'm sure, but he wants us to do things that are impossible with the chair. Like he'll want us to because like, he watches normal football he'll want us to dribble it and then suddenly flick it into the goal and like, I'm like it doesn't work like that um, but yeah I think like knowing what you what you what is able to happen is very important and being disability aware is also very important because I know that certain qualities that people with like, um, I don't want to sound like I'm um, tying them all in with the same boat but people with cerebral palsy like a lot of the things um, they can't do that like people with muscular dystrophy can do um, because the reactions aren't there with um, CP players so I think it's been that aware of disabilities as well so you couldn't get on Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson to suddenly coach a team and expect to win titles because a power chair team sorry because it'll tactically be very good but he won't be aware of disabilities and and what the chair can and can't do i think it was a very frank whistle i think it was it was me (laughs) um i just wanted to come back to what you'd said there and and sort of ask about the role of classifiers then because given what you've said um, 
obviously there are uh, differing levels to ability, but some of that depends on the person's disability as well. Um, yeah. And obviously there are always going to be exceptions to the rule. Um, but how important then, having said that, do you think that classifiers that have a good understanding of a range of disabilities are? It's difficult to be a, a classifier. I'd never be able to do it because at the end of the day, it's it's your opinion and you have to get that right. Because I, I can look at someone and go, he should be a PF2, or they, they should be, she should be a PF1. Um, but at the end of the day, like that's only my opinion. And I might say to Dave, oh, do you reckon mm. that person there is a PF1? He'll be like, nah, no chance. And then I could speak to you, speak to Tyler and be like, oh, yeah, I, you can't see behind him. Like, of course he should be. Uh, or of course there should be. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And they do need an understanding mm. of disabilities. Tyler. Well, I think it's really important that the like the people that classify people know exactly what disability they have and and how that could limit them. Because if they give people that, for example, could be twos, if they give them a one, it could make the team more like unfair to the opponent with the rule of only two PF2s allowed to play at a time. And I think that's just really important because... It makes it well balanced. Definitely. What I will say, classification, is a lot of hidden things as well, you know, and I'll use myself because I don't want to talk about anyone else because I don't know anybody else's health conditions, but with me, I'm a PF1, but I've got poor grip and I've had my neck fused. So those are the things that make me a PF1. But on the other hand, you know, I can stand up. But, you know, when I'm playing, I don't run around. Or it's, it's the things that affect the game. It's your head turning, it's your grip. Those are the important things, and that's where I struggle. So, yeah, the next question is about changes to the sport, which I'll come to Owen. But this is something we've introduced in the last 18 months to two years. Um, you know, in the, there was other forms of disability sport being covered by the pathway, but power, the power chair pathway is fairly new. And Tyler, you've been part of it. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it and your experiences of, like, going to the camps? Well, I've, I've really enjoyed it just because I've had some more coaching which is always always useful of different people who know different things and I've been able to play with people who I've never played with before and then I have to like I've got like a different challenge in order to try and learn what they do and I just really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Um, how many camps have you been to? Two or three, something, something like that. I'm not really sure. What's your long-term ambitions? Do you hope to continue in that? I think there's an age limit on it. Um, I think it's 18, 19. Uh, have you got hopes to get into the into the main squad, into the international squad? I'm always going to try, as as anyone would. But I'm not going to be like, I don't, I don't want to explain it. I'll just, if I don't get in, I don't get in at the end of the day. But I, I'll always try to, to get that high up. You just want to do your best, I think is what you're trying to say. You want to do your best. But the last couple of seasons, right, you've been standout. So well done to you. Excellent. I think I'm going to come to you. Um, what are the biggest changes you've seen to the sport? And especially, obviously, you're going to mention the chairs probably because you mentioned the Xterra chair a while back. So, yeah. what, so what, is there anything else you've noticed a big change in? I think like, the fairness of it all now. I think like the chairs have made it um, very like equal. So uh, I know that a few of your guests have said 
that anyone can beat anyone now, and you're not getting the the nine nils that um, we've had before. I went to a game; it was Darlow versus Nottingham, and uh, it, it was twenty two nil, um, <laughs> which was just like it. It was more stopping to get the ball out the goal to put it on the centre spot than actual football. Um, because it was just in in the goal all the time, and it wasn't really fair. Where now, um, I think anyone can beat anyone. Um, like you were on about the England camp, the uh, young camp, like that was never around when I was Tyler's age. Which you know, it shows that the the FA are definitely positively thinking about the young youngsters and getting them sort of up to up to the Johnny Bolden levels. Um, we I went to the Goals Beyond Grass one in Cheltenham last summer and that was amazing because I've never ever played with the England squad and that gave me a chance to sort of look at their um, morals and sort of how they work. So um, it was very, very good and it shows that everything's sort of forward thinking now and wanting to improve instead of just going with the flow sort of thing. Okay, we'll move on. I think, you know, chairs have made a massive difference. Um, lockdown. We've got to talk about lockdown. That's been six months now, I believe. So, boys, what have you been doing? Tell us about your experiences of being in lockdown for so long. Tyler, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, as a team, we've been doing Zoom calls, virtual race nights, all kinds of things like that. And myself, I've just been like going online on on the Xbox with my friends and just managing to keep myself entertained while I, I wait to eventually get back to football. And for yourself, Aaron, as a coach, what have you done to, um, to sort of try and keep the team together? I know I've been doing a lot with Cheltenham. been doing it every week. We've got a session today with Erin, who, who's a sports psychologist. So, you know, we're really trying to keep the squad together. You know, how has it been for yourself? Has it been difficult? Yeah, it's been hard, um, mentally very hard because like, I suffer really bad with anxiety. I know I don't show it as much, but when I'm at home, it, it all floods out. Um, and then especially when you've got no else to think about, it's it's been really difficult. But um, yeah, we've been doing Zoom calls every week. Um, like like Tyler said, virtual race nights, uh, catchphrase cards. So Tyler has a cupboard that's full of stuff like that. So, like, what's this image zoomed in? And there's been some very peculiar um, answers to them, uh, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, we've been doing analysing with um, Brad as well. So I mentioned Brad earlier. Um, yeah, he's been on a Zoom call with uh, our team and analysed a few games and, just said what we can improve on and what we did well, etc. Um, and we've also like met up for like coffee, like just a chit chat and a a chin wag sort of thing, and just to sort of get that use of your part of your brain back um, before we sort of get into any competitions. I just wanted to um, jump in because. You know, the aim of this podcast is always to bring people together and talk about power chair football and celebrate people. And we have a bit of fun along the way with the 2v1 and the final challenge. But 
every time we talk about lockdown, we talk about what people have been doing and how they've been keeping themselves entertained. And we kind of skip over the bit where, where they say it's tough. But actually, I think it's really important that you've just mentioned that, you know, it, it's been quite an anxious time as well. And there are lots of people that have suffered as a result, you know, with their mental health because of the uncertainty. And I think for people who have had to shield, and I know from my own experience, because we're in a, a, a household that was shielding as well, it has been really difficult. So do you see now that we're moving to a time where, you know, you are beginning to get out a bit more or are you still staying pretty close to home? I'm definitely a lot better than what I was. Um, I couldn't have been any worse, to be honest. Um, but like uh, now I'm sort of, I keep, uh, I, like before I was just constantly, constantly down. Um, I was just, uh, I was, borderline crazy to be honest um and my friends will back us up and as funny as it sounds but um like I'm sort of more up and down like a, a wave sort of when I start when I forget about Covid I know that you should never ever forget about it and until you it's all gone completely but when I forget about it I can tell that I'm a lot better and that like when I'm doing normal stuff shall we say like um, I went to the zoo, um, and for a night away, which you know it was it was nice because it was I'm used to being playing football every like what six weekends a year, so going away then I go to London to help out a charity um, about five five or six times a year. So there's twelve weeks that um, like you know you're in a different place you. You see in London, you you know, your mind's elsewhere. We haven't had that the last six months. So our anxieties have been very focused on things that we're scared of because we've got no else to think about. And it's been really tough, but we're over the worst of it. And um, I can tell that now I'm a little bit better than what I was. Well, at the start, I'm, I'm significantly better, I'd say. Okay, lads, we're nearly at full time. We've got the final challenge to come to, come to and then we've got one more question, which is probably my favourite question. So are we ready to do the final challenge? The final challenge. There's 46 possible answers. You'll have 40 seconds on the clock. Please, Sharon, and we'll go for it. When you're ready, give me the okay. heads up. Ready. Don't forget, lads. Right, lads, just one rule. Don't repeat an answer. West Brom and West Brom Fossils is one club, Okay. Ready. Ready, steady, go. Brighton, Bournemouth, Aspire, West Brom, Norwich, Villa, Greenbank, Evergreen, Schiffnell, Portsmouth, Muscle Warriors, Cheltenham, Seven Oaks, St George's, Owen, um, uh, Newcastle, um, Northern Thunder, Darlow, Teesside, Borough, um, Leeds, York, Yorvik, five, um, four, Hull, three, Hull, uh, two, Man City, Man U. Time's two, up. Not- Time's up. Oh. What was that last one you said? Nottingham. Ocean City, Arsenal. No, not that one. Um, Just I, I, I said Manchester or Nottingham last. 25, lads, are my 25. So that means. You are tying with Northern Thunder. Ah, uh, I'll do. 
<laughs> so, good afternoon, so, boys. Good afternoon. Just let me go over these scores so that we can tell everybody. So, for this series, top of the leaderboard are West Bromwich Albion with 32. And then tying with 25 are you and Northern Thunder. 23 goes to Cheltenham. Manchester, or Sale United, I should say, are on 23 as well. So they're drawing with Cheltenham. Middlesbrough, 21. Newcastle United, 20. Aspire, 16. And then tying on 15 are Leeds and Brighton. So you are tying in second place. You should be pleased with that. That's a good result. I'll take a draw any time with Thunder. <laughs> well done fantastic effort that was i hope you enjoyed that okay we've reached the last question last question of the series which i'm a little bit sad about okay so my favorite question now if you could change one law of the game in character football then what would it be and why tyler we'll come to you first i would say if like obviously with the two-on-ones how they work if if a player's trying to get out of the way of like a two-on-one the referee should be more more lenient with with that. If there's no player made on the ball, then I, I don't know. It should be more lenient. Okay, yeah, a lot of people have said that. So very popular. Um, Omi, I'd, I'd I'd agree with Tyler on the two on one. I think now that the chairs are better and football's less a dribbling game, um, then like we should change the maybe looking at the two on one has been. A little bit um, different, shall we say, like with with players like passing it. I think we're taking out a lot of the beauty of the game just by um, having that two on one rule. Because I know certainly when I'm on the pitch, I'm scared to pass the ball often, and you'll probably use that as an excuse as well, Dave, because you never let the ball go. But, um, we're a passing team, man. We're a passing team. <laughs> But yeah, like it's, it, I'm often scared to, because I know that it's sort of like three metre radius um, around the ball. So it's technically six metres, really, um, if your player's on one side of the ball and you're on the other. Um, but I think it's taken away a lot of the beauty of the game um, by having that rule. Um, maybe even looking like, uh, I'm also thinking um, like having a, not like a VAR system, but sort of like a, a like a person who's watching the game, sort of um, having an opinion on it, sort of one dedicated, bit like a fourth official kind of thing, um, who's been watching the game because I'll I'll be watching, um, and I'll use Paul as an example. He's like a top referee, um, and I'll be watching it, and I'll be like, why didn't you do that? Did you see him go off the pitch there? And he won't see it. And um, especially if you've got club linesmen, then it's very difficult. This is where I think we've improved. I think we'll finish on this now. You know that you know the WFI has released a linesman specific course online, so at least mm-hmm. we can get you know you know the linesman trained to a better standard. And I think you know if you if you do that course, you you are then classed as like an official, and and you can get paid. So you know it's just just a way to improve the quality. Where can people find out about that, Dave? Just go to the it's website. It's on. It's online. Um, it's it's all 
under our training part, which I, actually I don't think it's actually been launched yet because we're doing like a separate portal for the website. So it's like okay. in the middle of the FA website, got a main website and then you've got like a training side of it. So for okay. things like referees, um, assistant referees, classifiers, everything like that, it's going to be a lot more information on the learning portal side of it. Boys, I think that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking part. It's been lovely to meet you both. And I think from me and Dave, we've just got to say to all the clubs that have taken part during this series and all the players that have chipped in, thank you so much for giving your time. I know it's meant so much to so many people. And we've got listeners all around the world. So we've now got people listening to Setball in the UK, in America, in European countries, and, you know, in Asian countries as well. So. Um, to all of the people that have taken part and all of the people that have listened during this series, thank you so much. And with a bit of luck and a bit of, bit of patience, we'll be back for a second one. We'll, we will be back, I promise. We will thank you, guys. Some way, some thank uh-huh. you. Have, Have a great a... weekend. You too. See you later. Take top, care. Top, top boys, thank Bye. you. Have a good day. Setball is an Outer Circle production.